Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for this day. Lord, we thank you for the gift of work. And as uh, we look again at your word, we just ask that your spirit would guide and lead us uh, today to see not just only the problems and the pain uh, that come with work, but to change our focus, to see how you are working in all things. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In the beginning, probably heard this, there was God. And God, uh, in the very beginning, was working. He created something out of nothing. And if you were with us last week, we were talking about God's plan for work. That in the beginning, when God created everything, he then also created you and me, and his plan was that we would go to work. But if you also know how the story goes, it continues from that point. We're not sure how long it took, but the story continues with Adam and Eve. You've heard this before, right? That they're in the garden. You see the picture right here. God gives them an instruction to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what we learn in this moment is that while God distinctively gives human beings a job description, he distinctively says of humans that you have a role and responsibility to work in this world, that Adam and Eve fall into this temptation that you and I fall into all the time. That we don't just want to have a job description. We want to be God as well. In fact, in Genesis 3, the story continues here, It says that the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die if you disobey God. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And we learn from this moment that the story presented in the Bible is while God blessed work to be a glorious use of our gifts and his resources to prosper in this world, it's cursed because of this moment many, many years ago. And so today, we're continuing in our series called The Gospel at Work, which simply means that there's good news for your work. But the reality is, is that the work that we engage in, whatever capacity that is, as a college student, as as an employer, as a parent or a spouse, it comes with brokenness. And it's going to be challenging and difficult. In fact, one of the results of this moment that took place many years ago in the garden was that God said this, that because of this moment in Genesis 3, 17, the words that we just read, in pain, 
You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. What God is saying here is that one of the curses that came from this moment many years ago is that nothing works as it should anymore. That it is all broken. Every area of life, spiritual, physical, social, cultural, psychological, temporal, eternal, I could keep going. It's all broken, which includes your work as well. So I hope you have a good Sunday. We're matching the weather outside. It's a really dark day. Amen. No. What happens next? I, I remember um, in high school, I played on our varsity baseball team. And, uh, and we had a coach. His name was Coach Dietz. And uh, Coach Dietz, or we called him the Dietzer, was, uh, was one of these like high school legends. You know, somebody that grew up in the town. He played for the high school team. He like held a couple of records and all that sorts of stuff. And, and Dietz, uh, after he went off to college, came back and was teaching at the local high school. And he only was really teaching because he wanted to coach the baseball team. You remember some people like this, right? They're like kind of a math teacher, but really you're just a coach, right? And Dietz was one of these kinds of guys. He had been involved in the community and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and when I got to the, uh, the level of playing varsity baseball, I remember Dietz had this like famous phrase. It generally came with him like sitting on a bucket just right outside of the dugout. And if you were like in the field, I played third base, for example, and if a ball was hit to me and I was ready to field it and I like mistakenly didn't field it correctly or had an error or something like that, Dietz would just yell at me like this and say, McGinley, figure it out. Okay, coach. <laughs> Thanks. All right. If I'd go up the bat, swing, miss, strike out, curveball, couldn't hit it sort of thing, come back to the dugout. You know what the Dietzer would tell me? McGinley, figure it out. It, if I tried to steal second base, thought I got a good jump, all sorts of things, get thrown out at second, you know what Dietz would yell at me? McGinley, figure it out. And at some point in time, I started to realize that this is like Dietz's coaching move to just yell, figure it out. But what was so annoying to me in that process is that he never once defined or told me what he meant by figuring it out. Like, hey coach, I need some instruction here. I'm trying to figure out what you're telling me to figure out. And, and I think that sometimes when we look at the totality, of the brokenness that exists in this world, and we hear this story, and it seems really dark, it's as if God is just yelling at us like Dietzer, 
Hey, figure it out, guys. That's all that there is to this. But my hope today wouldn't be to offer you a simple phrase of just figure it out. There's brokenness in the world. Figure it out. Amen. No. My hope for today would be this, that we would hang on this phrase, that we would better define the problems in this world, the problems that we have in our work, to better deal with our work as well. It's important for us to not just look at the brokenness that exists around us and just say, eh, it just is what it is, but to better define it so that we can better deal with it in our world. Because work is not itself a curse. Remember, before the curse came into this world, God had instructed his people to work. But now it lies in all other aspects of human life under the curse of sin. And so today, what I want to do is I want to look at three problems that can come with our work. There are three problems that exist because there is brokenness in our world. In particular, talking about our work life, whatever that is for you, wherever you are, you have some sort of thing in your life that you identify as work. And I think these fall in place for us today to better define and to better deal. The first one is this. The first problem that comes with our work is that work can be fruitless. Anybody know what I'm saying by this? Your job, your work, can feel fruitless at times. In fact, this is what the Bible says. We read these words. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Essentially, what what God is saying here is that because of the brokenness in this world, our work will come with challenge. It's not going to be easy all the time. There's going to be moments of thorns and thistles. But recognize that also there will be fruit in it. That at one moment it can be frustrating, and yet at another moment it can be fulfilling in what we do. I mean, last week we discussed this concept of looking at our work through the image of a gardener. No, you're not called to just be a gardener. It's a way to look at the tasks that God has given us, that we have roles and responsibilities that will take a lot of work, that will take times of digging up and moving dirt, but it will also come with yields of fruit as well. And I think one of the reasons that we experience this fruitlessness in our work is because for many of us, and I would say this is true for me especially, is that in our work, we seem to have this thought that we are able to accomplish more than what we actually can. You know what I'm saying? We have this thought in our mind that we're able to accomplish much more than what we can actually do. We tend to have uh, this tendency to overestimate what we can accomplish and think that if 
this doesn't work out like I planned it to, then really I don't enjoy what's happening and going on. And, and this can become a problem inside of our mindset when it comes to work. For example, think of it this way. Uh, remember your first day of the job, maybe your first day of school. And, and it was that, that time that you were so excited to accomplish everything. It was fun and enjoyable. And everything was new, and you were ready to just hop right in. You're the new employer, and you're this important employee in the process. And that, that pattern starts to wear on you a little bit. Because after the first week of waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning, it's not as much fun to wake up at 7 a.m. the second week. Or... Or all of a sudden you're given a role and responsibility and you totally mess it up. And you're like, oh man, do I even have the ability, the calling to do this very thing? Or it turns out that, that your boss who like brought you in and you thought was like really your biggest advocate in only a couple of short weeks becomes your greatest enemy. That things can just change so quickly. And I need us to understand this, that, that because you cannot realize your highest aspirations in work does not mean you have chosen wrongly in where you are. Just because work is challenging and difficult does not mean that God has wrongly placed you in that spot. See, if you have this image that if, if work is going to just be easy and simple, then you've missed the part of where we see the brokenness that exists in this world. My hope for us would be that we would see that we would not allow the challenge to keep us from the calling that God has given us. Work will be frustrating at times, yet also fruitful and fulfilling. It will take sweat, hard work, time, patience, and persistence. My hope would be this, simply put, that, that we wouldn't allow the challenge to keep us from the calling. Work is going to be challenging and difficult. Not everything is perfect. But we need to better define to deal with this. The second thing that I can see with our problems with work is that work can seem to be pointless at times. I don't know if you've ever asked the question like, um, what's the point of what I'm doing? It's kind of like this existential question. And generally for me, it happens about a month in. All of a sudden, I just like stay up late at night and I'm like, man, what am I doing? Anybody been there before? You've had this moment where you're just like, What's the purpose? What's the point? And you start questioning every little thing. You break it down like that I'm just doing this small, simple little task and it actually isn't going to impact the whole world. <laughs> that it seems to be really silly and dumb in the moment. Does it have any point behind it? I think another way to probably say this without realizing that you're saying it is that I only work for the weekend, right? I only, I only work so that I can get to my day off. But really you're saying that I don't really find any purpose and meaning in the work 
that I have? And when we start asking that question and realize the brokenness that exists in this world, what happens in that moment is it takes away our joy of the present. It takes away our joy of what God has called us to do in this moment and the purpose that God has given for us in this world. The psalmist would say it this way in Psalm 147, uh, beginning in verse 12. It says, praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of wheat. Now, at first glance, this verse might seem really strange, especially around verse 13. He strengthens the bars of your gates. Okay, what in the world does that mean? Well, great question, because somebody that I love to uh, learn from and somebody that we respect highly in this, in this church is a guy named Martin Luther. Martin Luther asked this question first. He said, um, what does it mean that God strengthens the bars of your gates? Referring to this psalm. And essentially what he means is that God offers security for his people. That's what he means by strengthening the bars of the gates. But Luther's question is more. He says, how does God do that in this world? And I'll tell you, the way that God does that, or the way that God doesn't do that, is that he doesn't like just all of a sudden make some special metal that's only for like the special people of God. No, the way that God strengthens and secures his people is by having people do what they're called to do to the best of their ability. The way God provides security and provision in this world is that he works through his people. Luther would go on to say that everything that helps to protect us such as a good government, a good city ordinance, a good order. That is God working through his people and working in the calling and the vocation of what they have. Luther would go on to say this. We're going to say this prayer in a little bit, the Lord's Prayer. He would say this about the Lord's Prayer. We say these words, give us today our daily bread. All right? You know this, right? And what Luther was saying here is he's saying that we need to expand our thinking beyond the bread section of Fresh Time or whatever your local grocer is, all right? It's more than that. It's more than you going and getting that bread. When we pray that prayer, give us today our daily bread, we need to expand our thought process into the farmlands, Luther says. And what he's saying is this. He's saying that, that God is providing for you through people doing what they're called to do to the best of their ability. Think about it. The bread that you eat, it didn't grow at fresh time. It started with a farmer who was putting these things together, growing that wheat. And it wasn't just a farmer. There was a baker in the process. And there's probably an intermediary between those two people to figure out what's the greatest price that we can have here. 
Oh, and by the way, to get that supply somewhere else, that was a delivery person, some sort of transportation. There was probably some like good marketing, at least in our house, this is how it works. My wife is constantly looking at coupons online to find the best price for bread. Anybody with me here? All right. Looking around, there are so many people involved in this process. The grocery guy who like is a zombie because he works late nights, he places it on the shelves, the cashier. Think about it. All of the people that are involved to give us daily bread. The point is simply this. What you do may not last forever. The task that you're doing right now may not last forever, but is extremely important in the present, right now. What you do might not last forever, but what you are called to do is extremely important for the present. Better to find the better deal. And lastly this, a problem that comes from brokenness with our work is that work can be selfish. We can have a tendency to just think of our work and only about ourselves. And there's many different ways that we could take this. But today I want to take it this way. One last problem with our work is that we can make our work our identity. We can make our work the God of what we do. And we can also make our work not only our identity, but to place our value against other people because I'm doing better than somebody else. And this becomes dangerous for us and the brokenness that exists in our world. C.S. Lewis once said it this way in a book, Mere Christianity. Talking about pride, he said, pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. We say people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they're not. They're proud of being richer or cleverer or better looking than others. Do you catch what he's saying here? What he's saying is that the brokenness of work can lead us into a place of pride of where that becomes our identity and it becomes something that we judge our value and worth as we compare ourselves to others. Your work is meant to serve other people, not to feel better about yourself or worse about yourself. So, so all right. If the curse and the brokenness of this world makes our work fruitless, pointless, and selfish. Well, how is God responding to this? Thanks for the tips. What does God have to say about this? Well, let me be clear. First off, <coughs> that, that God certainly responds by, by saying not a deets or thing. It's not a, hey, figure it out. It, God responds incredibly differently. In fact, I love these two words to apply God's response to the brokenness that exists in this world. He says simply that he identifies and he mediates. 
This is what our God does. That in response to the brokenness that exists here today, he identifies and he mediates. Uh, uh, The words that we read in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, speaking of Jesus, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What, what he's saying and what I'm trying to get at is that Jesus is our high priest. He is fully aware of the brokenness that exists in this world. He was tempted like you and me. He experienced the struggle, the pain, the fruitlessness, the pointlessness, and the selfish nature that comes because of this world. And he went to the cross for that. To show us a different way, he rose again from the dead and he identifies and mediates on our behalf. And because of his grace, he gives us a new focus. He gives us a new understanding. He gives us a new way to look. And so as a result, what Jesus does is that he looks at the fruitlessness in this world. And he responds by saying simply this in John 16, that in this world you will have tribulation. Jesus promised that your world will, will bring fruitlessness at times, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It will be tough in moments, but Jesus promises a new focus, a new approach to this work. When, when work appears to be pointless, we read in John 3, 16 and 17, famous words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That everything in this world has purpose and meaning and a point. That it's working together as God is working in it. And we have a role and a responsibility in it. And when we think our work is just about ourselves and thinking only about us, we look to Jesus and his words in Matthew 20, verse 28, where he says, even the Son of Man, speaking of himself, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even Jesus came, not for himself, but for you and for me. And so as a result, as a result of all of this, and the brokenness that exists in this world, as a result of the challenges that come with our work, my hope and prayer for us is that not only would we see these problems of work, of fruitlessness, pointlessness, and selfish, but that we would also be able to focus to better define and to better deal when these problems come forward. And I believe that Jesus gives us a perspective in a way that looks unique and different to the things that exist in this world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are one who works in this world in the midst of brokenness and challenge suffering and struggle. I ask, Lord, that we would see a new focus, a new way. And God, I just pray for for us as a community 
to, to be open to, to the struggles that come. I think sometimes we, we offer a simple solution to a very complex problem. God, I know that, that your plan is to identify and to mediate. And I pray, Lord, that we would be people who could do that for each other, to share in that hope, to share in the promises that you bring to this world. It's what we hold on to. And I pray that that would continue to be our source of strength in all things. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.